For the last few weeks, we've been talking about the Bible, and this is going to be the last message uh, in this series. And the uh, title of this message, what we're going to be looking at is light. And I want to focus on the fact that God's uh, word is light. And so with that in mind, if you have your Bibles with you, you might want to turn with me to Psalm 107. We're going to be reading the first 15 verses. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. I just like that. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Aren't you glad he's a good God? Wouldn't it be terrible if he was a bad God? We just need to thank him for being good, you know? Uh, And he's good to us, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the adversary. Everyone who is saved needs to let people know about it. The redeemed of the Lord should say so. Uh, And gathered from the lands, from east, from the west, from the north, from the south, They wandered in the wilderness in a desert region. They did not find a way to an inhabited city. They were hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted within them. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He delivered them out of their distresses. He led them also by a straight way to go to an inhabited city. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and for his wonders to the sons of men. For he has satisfied the thirsty soul and the hungry soul. He is filled with what is good. Now listen to this part. This ties in with the message today. There were those who dwelt in darkness and in the shadow of death. Prisoners in misery and chains because they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore, he humbled their heart with labor. They stumbled and there was none to help. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke their bands apart. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and for his words to the sons of men. Thank goodness he's a good God. And uh, this is the week that we give him thanks. Now, in Psalm 119, verse 105 It says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now, just think about that. Uh, Even though this is a famous verse and we sing uh, a song to this about this as well. Your word, that's the word of God, is a lamp unto my feet so that I would know how to take the next step. And it's a light to my path so uh, that I would know, well, which path is the path that is the right path to take in life. 
What is the path that you created me to be on? And we find that in the word of God. You see, light is a good thing. Wouldn't you agree that light's a good thing? I mean, just imagine, have you ever been in a situation where, where it's dark and, and, uh, and it kept you from knowing what to do? I remember, I was, as I was preparing this week, I remembered our home uh, where I grew up, the building was over 100 years old. It was probably about the same age as this building here. And it was old. And uh, because it was old, it had cracks like you can see sunlight under that uh, under our door uh, door there. It was airy, I guess you might say. There were so that means that there were entry points for critters, and uh, so we were visited by critters that a lot of you probably don't have to worry about in your homes today. One night I was laying in my bed in the bedroom and uh, had a linoleum floor. People don't don't even know what linoleum is anymore, but this had a linoleum floor and I was laying there not going to sleep. And all of a sudden I heard a clacking on that linoleum floor. And it was a weird sound, you know. And I was wondering, what's making that noise? Could it be like a rat's claws? Could it, you know, I know it's not a crab. It sounds kind of like a crab, but um, I went, what in the world could that be? And then all of a sudden it stopped. And I was thinking, okay, whatever it is, it's either stopped or it's on something soft now. What do I have? So- My my bedspread is on the floor. And so uh, I'm there in the dark, not knowing what might be crawling into bed with me. And so I stood up in the bed and reached over a pretty good piece to the light switch and flicked on the light and caught movement out of the corner of my eye. And there crawling up my bedspread was one of the biggest dark red scorpions you ever saw. I am so glad for light. Man, that could have been bad. And there are all sorts of other darkness stories that I could tell you, but that's just one that really hit me. And so you see, light is a good thing. Oh man, it's a good thing. So, uh, just think about it, uh, and that's the first thing we want to talk about. This book is light. And if you don't read this book, you're going to have a lot of darkness in your life, and you can get hurt, and things can hurt you that would not be able to hurt you if you could see clearly. And so, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This book is so important, people, and there are so many people that are walking in darkness today. And uh, so anyway, I just want to share three things about light today with you and about how this is a light to our path. And hopefully it will encourage you to read your Bibles regularly because this has been given to you as light 
for your life. So number one, light dispels darkness. It just causes darkness just to go away. And so uh, let's just take a little poll. How many of you at some time in your life have been walking across a dark room Maybe you're going into the kitchen for a snack. I don't know. But how many of you have been walking in a dark room and stubbed your toe? Yeah. Yeah. We've all done that. Uh, so, uh, but that doesn't mean you're clumsy. You see, uh, it doesn't mean you're clumsy. You just couldn't see what was in the way. You did it because you didn't have light. If uh, we simply had a lamp to our feet or a light to our path, we wouldn't have stubbed our toe, would we? Okay, here's an analogy. We're supposed to walk in the spirit, but we're walking in a dark world. So how many Christians do you think are stumbling and stubbing their toes because they're not using their lamp? They're not using their light, and so they stumble. So again, light dispels darkness. It takes the darkness away. Now, this is just it. There's no struggle uh, between light and darkness as far as the light's concerned. I mean, you flip on a light, the darkness is gone. And uh, now the light, uh, now the darkness struggles against the light, but the light doesn't struggle against darkness at all. In fact, in John, the first chapter, uh, I think in the first verse, yes, in the first verse of, uh, I mean, the first chapter of John, it uh, in the, just in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. And that's talking about Jesus as being the word. He was a message and he is a message to us from God. He is the word. He lets you know he loves you. He lets you know that God has made a way for you to leave the darkness and come into the light. And he's inviting us into the light. And this book, he's told us, points to him and how to get into a right relationship with him. And until we do that, we can't really even understand this book. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him and apart from him, Nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Now then, listen to this. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And that's better translated, did not overcome it, did not overwhelm it. You can't. The darkness can't overcome the light. There's no struggle on the light's part. The struggle comes with the darkness trying to overwhelm what it can't overwhelm. So uh, we've got, uh, there's no struggle. The light's not having a fight with darkness. Now, 
We are in a struggle with darkness as believers, but God's not in a struggle with darkness. Light is not having a fight with darkness. Darkness fights against the light, but we don't have to be in the darkness. You walk into a room and you turn on a switch and is there a struggle going on in the room? Not if the light switch is working properly and I mean, you know, you've got these ballast things and fluorescent lights and sometimes it looks like there's a struggle, but really there's no struggle. There's no struggle. The light is not saying, if I could just push a little harder, I could get this darkness to leave. The darkness leaves immediately when you turn on the light. And also, not only does the darkness leave, those things that love darkness leave, don't they? If you've ever been in a roach-infested house, walked into a dark room, if you just stood there, you might even hear a little roach party going on because of all the things out there. But you flip on the switch and do those roaches say, turn out the light? No, they just get out of there, don't they? They just leave. And that's what happens when the light comes. Those that love the darkness just leave. And if you at one point walked in darkness and then received Jesus as your Lord and Savior and were transformed, you may have noticed that those people, there were people in your life that loved the darkness along with you, that now then they're not around anymore because the darkness doesn't like the light. And if you are walking in the light, they can't walk with you. So here's a passage, uh, that many people take in a negative way. And it's in John, the third chapter of the 20th verse. It says, for everyone practicing evil hates or literally stays away from the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. Now, so many times we read in the Bible uh, in a, and we read the Bible in a negative light. But I don't want you to read it that way. I want you to uh, think about this. If you're caught in darkness, many people stay away from the word. They don't want to read the word because they don't want what they're doing to be exposed. They want to hang on to what they're doing. And so they steer clear of the Bible. And so what you would think if you were in darkness and loving the darkness is the last thing I want to do is read the Bible. But the first thing you should do is read the Bible because light dispels darkness. And it says that his deeds must be exposed. In Luke 11, Jesus talks about this in the 33rd verse. No one, when he has lit a lamp, puts it in a secret place or under a basket, but on a lampstand that those who come in may see the light. And then he says this, and you may have missed this or you may have misunderstood it. The lamp of the body is the eye. In other words, what you look at is how light or darkness gets into your body. Therefore, when your eye is good, 
or when you're looking at good things, your whole body is full of light. But when your eye is bad, that is when you're looking at bad things, when you concentrate on the bad things, your body also is full of darkness. Think about all the darkness that our eyes see every day. You know, we go online because we want to read a fun story or something good, but we have all these things that are just darkness there. And how many hours do we spend, I wonder, reading darkness? And darkness is entering through the eye. It's entering our body. On TV, are we taking in darkness or light? Can you imagine if you spent the same amount of time or more reading light and letting light into your body? Uh, Let me share a story with you. There was a minister who was counseling with a guy one time. And they were talking about lust and overcoming lust. And he said, Pastor, you just don't understand how many things I've seen that I can't get out of my mind now. The pictures that I've seen, the movies that I've seen, the things that I have done. And uh, I just can't undo them. You don't understand. And first of all, the pastor told him, I do understand because I'm a human too. And I have a past just like you. I understand these things. He said, do you really want to be free? Do you remember how Jesus asked the man that was lame, do you want to be healed? And that's a very important question because you see, there are a lot of people in bondage to lust and to other things. And uh, they don't want to exert any effort to be made free. The pastor said, do you really want to be free from lust? And the guy said, I do. And the minister said, okay, here's what you need to do. And uh, he showed him this passage that I just read to you from Luke 11. And he told him, darkness has entered into your body and your body's full of darkness. It's full of it because you looked at it. But I need you to look at light now. For So for 30 days, I want you to read the Bible 30 minutes a day. And so the young man did that. And he came back to the minister a month later. And he said, you won't believe the difference. He said, it's amazing how lust has been just driven out of my mind and how much more I think about God and godly things. And then the pastor saw him about six months later and he said to him, I have to tell you what happened. My wife and I went to see a chick flick and you guys know that's what we call those romance type movies, you know. Okay. And it was a love story, you know. And so, but it had this one scene uh, in it that just shouldn't have been there. That they just, I don't know why they even put it in there, but they, they just put it in. And he said, and here's what happened. What used to attract me was repulsive to me. I was repulsed by it because of the light that was in me. He said, I didn't even want to look at it anymore. You see, he had shown light into his body 
instead of darkness. That's point number one. Point number two, light recovers lost things. Now, I just, this is the last time I'm to read this book. Read it. It has the power to change your life. It has changed mine. It has changed millions of people's lives. So number one, it dispels darkness. Number two, light recovers lost things. If you lose something, it's very simple. You get a light uh, because you need uh, a light to find it, right? Sharon, I need a light a lot more. Now we keep little light, little flashlights all over the house so we can shine them around. Uh, it helps us to see. Okay. But you can't find it in a dark place. You need light. If it's under your car, if it's under your seat, you get a flashlight. If it's under the couch, wherever it is, you get a light. And Jesus tells this story about a woman who lost something. And he tells it in the middle of two other stories about uh, a lost sheep and the lost son. And uh, these are actually about people. And this coin, lost coin story is about people, let's face it. But the thing is, she has lost something that is value, valuable. And so all three things we're talking about are people and uh, how they're valuable to God. But then he says in Luke 15, 8 through 10, Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found that which I had lost. Now, remember when I told you these talking about people, look at the very next verse. Likewise, in other words, here's the interpretation of the allegory that I just used is what Jesus is saying. I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Okay, so we're we're going to get back to people, but What if you lost your job? What do you do? You light a lamp or you read God's word. What if you lost your relationship? You light a lamp. You read God's word. What if you lost an investment? What if you lost your integrity? Uh, Somehow you did something that you never thought you would do. What if you lost your reputation? Anytime you lose something, remember, light a lamp. In Hebrews 4.12, it says, The word of God is living and powerful and divides between the spirit and the soul. Now, this is what that means. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Uh, Your mind your will, and your emotions. You make decisions based on what you think and what you feel. Uh, Now then, your mind and your emotions, what you think, what you feel, that's how we make our decisions. That's how uh, our will decides something. But the Bible doesn't uh, divide the soul 
It divides between the soul and the spirit. So let me say it another way. It divides what we think is right and what we feel is right and what is really right. Do you get that? It divides between what we think and feel is right and between that and what really is right. So light shows the way. Light dispels darkness. It recovers lost things. And here's number three. Light shows the way. It's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It shows the way. Now, I don't need to ask you to raise your hands because this would be like the death rate. It would be a hundred percent. But have you ever had a decision that you needed to make? Of course you have. Of course you have. If you ever needed to know whether you should buy a, a certain home or not, or uh, is this the God, the house that God has for us? Or is this the school district for our children? Is this the college we need to send our kids to or that our, that uh, I should go to? Uh, what job should I take? What decision should I make? What uh, person should I marry? We all have decisions. And the Bible talks about general and specific revelation. General and specific. There's the general revelation of God, which is the overarching things that you'll find like in the Ten Commandments and all the different things we have in there about how to live life. And then there's the specific. The general revelation of God is how to be married, you see. The specific revelation of God is who do you marry? And uh, God can give specific revelation. Some people don't want to hear that because they want to have some wiggle room and say, well, I thought this is what God wanted. But the thing is, God gives specific revelation. And I'm telling you, God can actually speak through his word. So what I want you to do, or what I want to do is to show you how to hear God through his word. And uh, it'll take just a few moments. It's so easy. So just remember these three words, praise, prayer, probe. I'll say them again, praise, prayer, probe. First of all, we're told to enter into God's presence with praise. Psalm 100 that we did is our responsive reading today. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. So enter into God's presence with praise and thanksgiving. Okay. And then in Psalm 100 verse 4, enter his gate with thanksgiving, come into his courts with praise. Thank him for his goodness toward you. For all the times that he's made a way when you couldn't see one. And so uh, you do so and you, uh, as you do so, you'll realize that Jesus has been with you through so many uh, of your yesterdays. I can look back on my life. In fact, this just called me to look back and do a life review and see all those times where uh, I should be dead. But just because something went a little bit differently, I'm alive. I'm standing before you today.
All these different things where God kept me from things that would have ruined my life and my reputation beyond repair. So many different ways I can see his goodness. And uh, after you've gone through so many yesterdays with him, you know that you can trust him with your todays and your tomorrows. So you come into his presence and the next is prayer. Prayer is what you need to pray about. This is what you ought to pray under prayer. Pray what you need about what you need to pray about. Ask him what you need to ask him about. Uh, I need to know about this job. I need to know about this person. I need to know how I've messed up. Uh, I need to know how to not do that again. Whatever it is, you first of all, praise and then prayer and then probe. And you probe God's word. Let's say that you're praying about marriage and you know, uh, uh, you know that things aren't right in your marriage and you want to get them right. Where do you start? This is your owner's manual. This tells you how to get it right. Think about any verses or chapters or stories about marriages in the Bible and read about Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Rebecca, Jacob and Rachel and Ruth. And also, yes, Jesus and the church. It's there in the Old Testament and it's in the New Testament. Uh, just read some passages. And then there are those instructions to us. Specifically, Paul gives and Peter both give specific instructions about what wives ought to do and what husbands ought to do. And uh, as you read this with an open heart and an open mind, you'll discover that uh, he has answers. He'll show you. He'll reveal the darkness in your relationship, how pride has kept you from really being in a right relationship, how self-centeredness and selfishness have uh, kept you from really being close to your spouse. Let me just tell you, this book is more than words. It's more than just good literature. It is the word of God. It is a lamp to your feet. It's a light to your path. And God wants to use it to speak to you. Can you imagine a decision uh, that you have that's an important decision or, or maybe it's a small decision? Allowing, I want you to make that decision, allowing God's word to speak to your heart. Here's what you need to do. Get into this book every day. This may be, uh, I think all of you have heard some of the different messages in this series, but I want to encourage you to uh, just get into it. Understand it with an open heart. Let his word grasp you and speak to you. Don't go to it to proof text, okay, to justify what you're doing. Go to it to see what God has for you to do. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.